This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have our usual Friday look at this week in grain markets. Canola is up and wheat has taken a nosedive. A new website is being launched for a new dehulled type of canary seed used for human consumption. Real Agriculture talks with Regina Conservative MP Andrew Shear, the critic for infrastructure and communities. Rail service is a key issue for discussion. We also look at a study on canola and a new report on using alfalfa in a crop rotation. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. Grain markets were mixed this past week. Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial, Adam Picallo, says canola has gained $16 a ton this week, while spring wheat is down $0.60 a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, March canola increased approximately $16 a ton this week, with actually much of the gain coming just from today, with March canola up approximately $11 a ton as we're talking, at about uh, 10 35 a ton. So, again, setting in new highs for this contract, and the trend definitely remains positive. For Minneapolis wheat, I would say quite opposite of the story there. Down approximately 60 cents a bushel on the March Minneapolis wheat contract just this week. And now since December 27th, we've seen the Minneapolis March contract decline approximately $1.26 a bushel. So quite a significant decline today here, reaching a low of approximately 905, which I have $9 as significant support on that contract. So what's pushing canola up and wheat down? Well, let's touch a, a little bit on what's happening on kind of the soy side of the markets. Soybeans have increased substantially over the last month. We've seen since December 14th, soybeans increase approximately about a dollar forty a bushel, and these are levels kind of not seen since really last July. And this is the time of year where, where traders are definitely watching uh, for weather down in in Brazil and Argentina. And right now, there is definitely talks of 
a hot and dry weather for the next week. And that's really what's kind of supporting prices right now. Having said that, there is plenty of rain in the 18 to 14 day forecast models for southern Brazil and Argentina, but the next seven days look very dry. So traders are talking about the significant heat, which could cause quite a bit of deterioration in the crop before the rain hits. So that's one thing that's, I would say, kind of driving this market on the soy side higher, as well as soybean oil as well, too, has had a similar rally. So given the, the short stocks for, for canola this year, I think that's all been supportive um, for canola right now. And what's pushing wheat down? Well, this has been, I would say, the the question I've definitely got the most here in this last week. And there's been, I would say, a few major reasons, but there's not been, I would say, one to really say this is the cause for, for wheat to go down. So first, I would say is that the strength in the U.S. dollar um, has definitely been a factor. Uh, the U.S. dollar has been increasing here recently uh, since, I would say, in the last kind of week. So that's been one. And then really, I would say kind of the other is just the technical selling we've seen. So there's been no fundamental change in the spring wheat crop, but Given this is the beginning of the year, oftentimes funds are going to reposition where they are. And with Minneapolis wheat was trading at a significant premium to Kansas and Chicago, I think there was some definitely some profit taking and some, some reworking of positions. Kansas City wheat in that same amount of time since December 27th has been down a dollar a bushel and Chicago down not as much, about 74 cents a bushel. So those wheats have still gone down. And I think that's dragged the Minneapolis contract down, but Minneapolis, since it's been so high, it's also been kind of going down further. So support levels I see now is about that $9 range for the March contract. Really don't want to see that go too much below. Otherwise, 850 could be in sight pretty quick. And having said that, you know, we haven't seen a positive day now for Minneapolis wheat in about eight trading days. So are we oversold? Yes. Could it continue? That That is the possibility too. I was going to note for one thing as well next week to keep in mind, there is a USDA report on Thursday. And given that it is the first crop report of the year, uh, it's definitely something that traders want to know about. Adam Picallo is a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca The Canary Seed Development Commission in Saskatchewan is launching a new website for consumers. Commission Chair Darren Youngman says the website will provide nutritional information on de-hulled canary seed, which is becoming available to food processors and consumers. Yes, it started about five years back when it was officially announced as a human food use product. And uh, around the board table, we've been working for about the last five years, uh, kind of cutting through red tape and other barriers to, to try and get it more accessible. One of the the biggest barriers has been uh, having the hulled product for, for even uh, product testing and whatnot, because it's uh, hard to de-hull and there wasn't uh, any significant commercial equipment available. Uh, but in the last year or two, there's uh, a couple couple couples from uh, the province that uh, obtained a, 
a dehuller machine, and they've since started a dehulling product. And there's a couple other companies that have been using some of this product to develop some packaged pro- uh, items of LP stay, canary seed. So that's it's been kind of a chicken and an egg thing as we've been going along here. There, uh, there was interest in in the food items, but there wasn't the uh, hauling capacity, and it just took a while for things to kind of get put into place. Uh, so it's been a slow growth, but uh, now we've got some product available to consumers, and hopefully uh, it'll it'll develop into more products and ingre- ingredients and other food items like granola bars or or whatnot. Youngman says the canary seed for human consumption is being called by its Spanish name. LP stay, yes. Uh, we're launching the website uh, officially on Monday during our uh, our annual meeting at the Crop Production Week. And uh, there's uh, nutritional information on there and lots of recipes and uh, information on where product is available. Youngman says the canary seed offers several advantages to consumers. Yes, canary seed is above average uh, protein content compared to a lot of other grains. Uh, one of the higher grain uh, as a percent of protein, it's like 20% or better. And it's got a healthy oil profile, some healthy oils in there, and it's non-gluten. Youngman says canary seed can be served in various ways. Yes, it can be prepared a few different ways. There is information on our upcoming website that will kind of explain how it can be used. It can be added into salads or soups or uh, the flour can be incorporated into baking. Yeah, there's lots of different ways it can be incorporated into a variety of food options. Youngman says the waste portion of the dehulled canary seed can be used for livestock feed. The waste portion will generally go into uh, some sort of feed or, or, or uh, sold to probably local livestock producers who can blend it in with other uh, feed grains or whatever to to get rid of the hulls, I guess you could say. The dehulling operation is located at Wien Seed Farm near Herschel in west-central Saskatchewan. Infraready Products of Saskatoon is able to supply the flour and meal, both raw and pre-cooked. Adele Bittner is the general manager of the Canary Seed Development Commission. She says Canary Seed originated in the Canary Islands off the west coast of Africa, but is associated with bird seed. So the name of the new product is in Spanish, El Piste. It's an excellent source of plant-based protein, healthy fat, and also carbs. It has 21% protein, which is higher than quinoa, it's higher than chickpeas, it's higher than flaxseed, and some other cereals as well. It has magnesium composition is comparable to quinoa. Its iron composition is slightly higher than flaxseed. So it's a really, really tasty grain packed with protein and some very good nutrients. More details will be released at the Canary Seed Development Commission Annual Meeting Monday in Saskatoon. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. 
Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I'm joined right now by the Shadow Minister for Infrastructure and Communities for the Conservative Party of Canada, Mr. Andrew Shear. So uh, there's some interesting stuff happening in the railway business right now. Um, we, we've got CN Rail that is currently looking for a new CEO. Why, why is this search grabbing some of your attention? Well, what, what we're concerned about is the, uh, the possibility of a takeover of the board by uh, a foreign hedge fund. That, now, this, this hedge fund is already a, a major shareholder in CP Rail, and they've kind of already made it known what their, what their mission is, and, and it's to uh, reduce operating costs, uh, make some cuts, and, and, uh, and try to maximize profits for shareholders. Now, normally, you know, in, in a free market uh, system, you know, that's, that's, a, that's the right of every shareholder to do that. But when you're dealing with rail transportation and you're dealing in a country with really uh, almost, you know, an effective duopoly, uh, we have some concerns about what this will mean in terms of service levels for Canadian farmers, especially here on the prairies. Yeah, so you mentioned that uh, TCI management owns shares in both CN and CP. They own 8.3% or 8.36%, sorry, of CP rail and just over 5%, 5.2% of of CN. Um, it, would you deem them as like an activist hedge fund? Is is that like we, we hear about this where, you know, uh, companies invest, they look to make substantial changes and then look to to exit. The company also owns shares in like Heathrow Airport, I think I read uh, as well. What, what kind of investor are they? You know, if you've got a hedge fund that just, you know, buys some shares as a hold, you know, that's usually... It doesn't have a lot of impact in terms of, of competition or levels of service. But when you've got a fund that's specifically saying that they've got a mandate, they've got a goal, uh, some of the groups saying they're activists, well, then we are worried that this is going to lead to uh, reductions in service levels. If, if, if you're looking at what's happened in the past when these types of things have happened, uh, those cutbacks, those reductions in operating costs often lead to longer delays in producers getting rail cars, longer delays for terminals to, to, to move their product. And that has such a huge cascading effect on, uh, on, on agriculture and on producers. I don't need to tell you, I don't need to tell your viewers how frustrating it is. You know, it, we had a bad year here in Saskatchewan with the drought. Uh, that's tough. It's equally tough when you have a good year, when you have a good mm. crop, good yields, good quality, but you can't move it. And uh, and so we don't want to see that. We, we want to get ahead of this. We want to uh, not find ourselves, you know, six months into a crop year or, you know, three months after a harvest realizing, hey, you know, there's been some cutbacks on rail service and now producers can't move their grains. So that's why we're raising some of these questions right now. When Mark Garneau was transport minister, um, there was legislation that was passed. Does does any Is there legislation in place to protect the interests uh, of, of Canadian farmers in, in, you know, essentially forcing or making railways uh, set a, maintain a certain standard of, of service to Canadian farmers? Uh, there is, and it's, uh, it's one of the great legacies of uh, the previous Conservative government and uh, former Agriculture Minister Jerry Ritz, who, uh, who brought in legislation during the, the, the Harper years to do exactly that, to uh, make sure that there were levels of service agreements that producers and shippers had recourse to try to 
level the playing field uh, uh, a little bit, you know, to, 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 to give some tools to producers to have some of that recourse. And in that legislation, there is the ability for the minister to uh, levy fines if the railways don't live up to certain uh, standards of service and certain uh, um, timelines and, and, and meeting their expectations, meeting what they've agreed to do. So there is legislation on the books um, and uh, there are some, some tools that the minister has. And and that's why I believe it's so important that we get out ahead of this, that we have a better understanding of, you know, what, what this hedge fund is, is is looking to do. We can have uh, some study on that, and we can look at it through the competition lens. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, 2 to 4 centimeters in snow and blowing snow. Wind southeast 40, gusting to 60. The high, minus 12. Wind chill minus 20 this afternoon and risk of frostbite. Temperature rising to minus 9 this evening and then falling. Wind chill minus 18 this evening, minus 41 overnight. Saturday, partly cloudy, blowing snow in the morning and early in the afternoon. Wind northwest 40, gusting to 60. The high minus 22. Wind chill minus 41 in the morning and minus 35 in the afternoon. The low minus 31. Sunday, sunny with a high minus 23. The low minus 28. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 14, the low minus 16. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 2, the low minus 6. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 1, the low minus 9. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 5. Normal high for this date, minus 11, the normal low minus 23. The sun rose at 8.58 this morning, it sets at 5.12 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, Maple Creek at minus 1, Yesterday, it was the hot spot at minus 21. The cold spot right now, Nipawin, up north at minus 31. Estevan and Saskatoon, both minus 23. Swift Current, minus 12. Weyburn, minus 22. Yorkton is minus 26. Snow and blowing snow in Regina, it's minus 22. That's 8 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 48, gusting to 59, giving a wind chill right now of minus 38. Humidity, 71%. The barometer dropping, 100.2. Light snow in Moose Jaw, minus 20. Winds are from the southeast at 36. Once again, Regina, snow and blowing snow. It's minus 22. That's 8 below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Canola producers, plant breeders, and the seed industry have developed a canola shatter rating system, which they hope will reduce harvest losses. Canola Council of Canada agronomy specialist Taryn Dixon explains how it works. There's a scale of one to nine where one has the highest risk of shattering 
and nine has the lowest risk of shatter. Swathing is recommended for readings one to four. Um, and those reference cultivars, 45H33 and L255PC are, are rated as a four and an eight. Nicolia Dow farms near Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. She was on the committee that helped establish the new rating system. We chose to take an approach that's similar to how some disease ratings are done. And so we went forward wanting to make a standardized rating. In a way, it's a common nomenclature that could be used across the industry so that when we talk about risk of canola shatter, we can all use the same language. Dow says the ratings will provide producers with a clear way to assess canola cultivars for shattering. This will be really helpful both at the beginning of the season when we're selecting which cultivars we're going to order seed from, and also through the season of how you're going to manage those fields. Most farms grow more than one cultivar of canola, and so knowing how do I prioritize things at harvest, um, what can I expect? Dixon notes there's a difference between pod shatter and pod drop. So current research indicates that pod shatter and pod drop are controlled by different genes of the plant as well. And pod shatter is highly related to the genetic background, whereas pod drop is more influenced by environmental conditions. The rating system will provide a guide to a level of risk rather than a percentage of loss. The Canola Council of Canada has developed a draft graphic which will be shared with canola producers later this year to give them a better idea about what the rating system is all about. Saskatoon will host the International Bison Convention on July 12th through 15th this year. The event is being designed to attract more than 500 bison producers and supporters from several countries. The chair of the Canadian Bison Association, Les Kruger, explains. It's been going for a long period of time. So every five years we have this International Bison Conference and we alternate between Canada and the U.S. in hosting it. And so a group of us in Saskatchewan put in a proposal. So we're, we're really happy to sponsor IBC 2022 at TCU Centre in Saskatoon. Strengthen the Herd is what we're titling it. And it'll be an opportunity for producers from all over North America, including some coming from Europe, possibly Australia, to come and network. Uh, we got a good line of speakers, so it's, it's just a great event all about bison. Kruger was asked about raising bison in other countries. Well, yeah, their, their climate is different. I mean, bison are better suited and more adaptable to the climate that we see in, in this part of the world. Even in the lower part of the United States, you know, the husbandry practices are a little bit different. I think we have a better quality animal when they have to go through the extreme climates that we have here. It, it makes for a healthier, better animal. Kruger expects a big event and some moisture. We need to get back to uh, a good a good early spring rain and uh, seasonal temperatures that are going to get the grass rebounding. And uh, again, you know, we, we just want to keep everybody aware and in tune with, with our conference coming up. Bison Convention 2022 is our website. It'll be a lot of fun. And like I say, it's all about bison. Some great networking and a lot of fun going to be there. The International Bison Convention goes July 12th through 15th at TCU Place in Saskatoon. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Dagelman Industries. Look to Dagelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. 
and Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Alfalfa adds nitrogen to the soil during its growing stage. Cassandra Schrader is the range management specialist in Kindersley for Saskatchewan Agriculture. She says alfalfa can improve soil health in a crop rotation program. Did you know that alfalfa can fix over 100 pounds of nitrogen in a year? The amount of nitrogen fixation is closely related to productivity and impacted by inoculation, available soil nitrogen, weather, and many other factors. So the exact quantity of nitrogen fixed is different for each situation. And, of course, some of the nitrogen will also be removed when the hay is harvested. However, the net benefit is still significant and generally around a nitrogen input of 45 pounds per acre each year. So nitrogen fixation can provide substantial nitrogen to a cropping system at a low cost. The nitrogen benefit of forage legumes like alfalfa is just one of many reasons to consider including forages in a crop rotation. Forages also improve soil structure and organic matter. Essentially, they improve soil health. Alfalfa can also increase phosphorus availability, and alfalfa is particularly beneficial in moist areas where its deep roots can help to manage soil water levels. Forages can be used to diversify crop rotations, which can decrease weed issues, break disease cycles, and just help to diversify production risks. Wild oats, Canada thistle, and green foxtail are some of the weeds that forage crops can help reduce. Including forages in crop rotations can mean better yields and quality for subsequent crops. Some research shows benefits of alfalfa in the crop rotation 13 years after the last alfalfa crop. So a few years of forages in rotation can have a long-lasting benefit. For more information on forage management, fertility, crop rotations, and other agricultural topics, contact your local Saskatchewan Agricultural Regional Office or call the Ag Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. Professional bull riding will be part of the annual Canada Farm Show in Regina this June. The Professional Bull Riders Organization says Canada's Elite Cup Series will debut in Regina at the Brand Centre on June 22nd. The PBR Canada's Cup Series features Canada's best riders along with some of the league's top international athletes, squaring off against some of the toughest bucking bulls from across the nation. For one night only, fans will see eight-second rides as bull riders face off against their 2,000-pound opponents. The Regina Classic is the fifth event of the 2022 Canada Cup Series. The tour launches February 5th in Red Deer. A Canada Cup event was scheduled for March of 2020 in Regina, but the event was cancelled due to the pandemic. The Regina Classic will be held in tandem with Canada's Farm Show scheduled for June 21st to 23rd. The bull riding competition will be held June 22nd. Coming up, Market Update. The Market Update with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola rose 2.30 at 9.96.62. One red spring wheat went down 5.25 at 4.12.84. The rest were unchanged. Durham 7.26.11. Feed barley 3.83.64. 
Flax, 1470.59. Lentils, 986.50. Oats, 591.53. Yellow peas, 632.89. And feed wheat, 261.65. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat fell 14 and a quarter cents at 909 and a half cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Report on The Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Hardline Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 150 on offer at our Thursday regular sale. Consistent entirely of cows, which sold to a lower demand than they were before Christmas. These good cows, 62 to 68, sales to 69 bucks. Medium cows from 57 to 62. We did sell on DLMS 67 tan steers for the TL Farms at Stony Beach, 910 at 201 and a quarter. Another 67 Semental steers, 913 at 199 and 50. 63 Charlet heifers from the TL Farms at Stony Beach, 850 at 184. 475. Cows and bulls are selling every Thursday morning. First free sort of 2022 is Tuesday, January 18th. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is for both the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants. $172.62 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. SAS Power has awarded a $100 million contract to build Phase 1 of a logistics warehouse complex at the Global Transportation Hub west of Regina. The project is being built by Westridge Construction of Regina and Wright Construction Western of Saskatoon. SAS Power Vice President of Supply Chain Grant Ring says the facility will improve operational efficiency to better serve customers in the region. The facility is part of a long-term strategy to bring frontline employees together in fewer locations. A centralized location will lead to operational efficiencies to provide improved service and enable better collaboration across business groups that must work closely together. Construction on Phase 1 began last month and will include facilities for fleet service, logistics and metering. Construction is forecast for completion in early 2024. Phase 2 of the project will consist of facilities for transmission, distribution and safety and is expected to be complete by the end of 2025. On the markets, the TSX is down 38 points to 21,033. The Dow has gained 97 points to 36,333. Oil has fallen 44 cents to 79.02 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 51 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.05 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.